Shalom, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Sid. I have Brother Corey assisting me today. We have a we have a highly important lesson for the brothers and sisters internationally. Today's lesson will be called Getting Our House in Order, brothers and sisters. We're going to use the Bible to quantify the dysfunction emanating out of our communities, brothers and sisters. The changes that must be made, the standard that must be set, brothers and sisters. In the black community, predominantly, we have a culture of not snitching or, or stop snitching, which means as a black man or a black woman, we're not allowed <laughs> to talk about the things wrong, the evil that other black people are doing, brothers and sisters. So because I'm black, now I must conceal the evil that's going on in a black neighborhood. And that's not of the most high, brothers and sisters. It's, un, it's the unrighteousness that perpetuates the curse from generation to generation. So we must shed some light, brothers and sisters. And we're dealing with Israel today. We, we need to call Israel to the front of the congregation. We, we have things we must talk about, brothers and sisters. And we're going to use the Bible. We're going to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. 2 Timothy 3 and 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Right. So, brothers and sisters, we're going to utilize the Bible to identify the dysfunction in our communities amongst our nation, amongst the children of Israel. Now, we're not absolving the white man, brothers and sisters, because I, I want to be clear. We understand that the white man enslaved us. We understand that the white man kidnapped us and took us away from our home. We understand that the white man separated us from our families, made us work hundreds of years for free. They would rape our women. They would swing us on trees. We understand this, brothers and sisters. We understand that they made the picture of Christ white. We understand this. We understand they took scriptures out of the Bible, brothers and sisters. So I want to, we want to put that out there first. We're not absolving the white man, but the, the Bible don't tell us to examine the white man as it pertains to our conditions, brothers and sisters. So we're going to use the scripture to speak to the children of Israel about setting a standard. Because why? We're a royal nation. We're supposed to be. And there's certain things that our people are allowing amongst our own. We've become enablers, brothers and sisters. And we have to, we have to deal with it today, brothers and sisters. We're going to read 16 and 17 one more time. Verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished into all good works. Right. So, brothers and sisters, we're going to use biblical text. We're going to use scripture for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, because look in our communities and tell me something is not vastly is something is not very wrong. I don't know how we can walk around and look around and not think and think this is normal, brothers and sisters. This is not normal. So we're going to use the scripture to perfect man, which is male and female, brothers and sisters. We're going to deal with it. And first, we're going to deal with the men. And then we're going to deal with the sisters. The men, we have to address first. Why? Because they're the leaders, brothers and sisters. We must set a standard. We're going to go to Psalm, uh, excuse me, Deuteronomy 7 and 6. We're going to the Torah, brothers and sisters. Follow us. Deuteronomy 7 verse 6. 
For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. There's no such thing as equality, brothers and sisters. And the Bible's telling you this. Can you read that again? For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Right. So, brothers and sisters, you can't come to us with this all people are equal garbage. That's That teaching is Babylonian, brothers and sisters. There's no such thing. You can't say we're equal with heathens, brothers and sisters. So I want to put that out there because there's a lot of Israelites who, because we teach Gentiles, they'll try to say that we think that Gentiles are going to receive the kingdom as if, you know, as we are. And we don't believe that. We don't teach that. And they know we don't teach that, but they don't want you to see for yourself. So, you know, they'll say, well, they teach Gentiles because they just love white people. No, we don't. We teach the truth. And today we're going to teach the truth about the children of Israel. Read that one more time, brother. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself, above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Right. Now, brothers and sisters, we are a people of law and accountability, which makes us above all people. So don't come to us telling us that, you know, everybody's equal. That's no such thing. Look around. Does it look like all people are equal? And if, if, you, if you're a minority and you think all people are equal, then... The programming worked marvelously because you're a slave, <laughs> you know, and uh, being demonized and criminalized all throughout the media, swung on trees, vaccinated against your will, like the Tuskegee experiment. And if you think that's being equal, you, you're a good slave. The slave master would love you. <laughs> Seriously. So, brothers and sisters, when you follow the law, that's what royalty is. Read that one more time, brother. Verse six. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself, above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Right. So the scriptures are quite clear that among all nations, brothers and sisters, the Most High chose Israel as the one he would deal with. And we're not using this as, you know, to be boastful or anything like that. This is a this is a call to duty for the children of Israel because there's responsibility that come with being a special people to the Most High. The Most High wants somebody to represent him on the earth, and that must become us. We're going to go to Psalms 147 and 19. Follow us, please, brothers and sisters. We're dealing with the children of Israel today. We're going to highlight the dysfunction emanating out of our communities. Psalms 147 verse 19. Psalms 147 and 19. He showed this word unto Jacob, his statutes and his judgments unto Israel. Read that again, brother. He showed his word unto Jacob, his statutes and his judgments unto Israel. This is what makes Israel special, brothers and sisters. He showed his words unto Jacob, his statutes and his judgments unto Israel. Right. So he didn't give the law to uh Alexander the Greek, brothers and sisters, he didn't give it to Julius Caesar. He gave it to the children of Israel, which are the Negroes, the natives, and the Hispanics. He hath not dealt so with any any nation. And as for his judgments, they have not known them. Praise ye the Lord. He haven't dealt with any nation, brothers and sisters. Nation in the Bible is nationality, brothers and sisters. It's not talking about a land. Because I know some Gentiles will try to teach you that it's not talking about race. This is talking about race, brothers and sisters, a nationality. He's saying he haven't dealt so with any other nation. Why? Because they, 
they wouldn't follow his laws. He chose our fathers to have the law, brothers and sisters. So when the children of Israel go to, you know, Gentile pastors to ask them how to follow the law, that's completely backwards. They weren't given the law. So you can't go to a Gentile and ask them how to follow God, brothers and sisters. That's completely backwards. Why? Because they're masking their paganism under Christianity, brothers and sisters. And we are a product of what we're being taught in the Christian church, brothers and sisters. We're a product of that. So we needed to read 19 again, brother, please. Verse 19. He showeth his word unto Jacob, his statutes and his judgments unto Israel. He hath not dealt so with any nation. And as for his judgments, they have not known them. Right. So, brothers and sisters, we need to what? We got to get our house in order first. The children of Israel must get our house in order because if we can't get ourselves under a standard, we can't get the rest of the world under a standard, brothers and sisters. Now, why are we bringing this up? Because all of Israel is not going to make it into the kingdom because Israel is a stiff-necked people. They're disobedient people. So I don't want people to think, oh, because somebody's an Israelite that I'm in agreement with them or you should be in agreement with them or you should even learn from them. Because you you have to discern good and evil, and we're gonna we're gonna help do that today. We're gonna use the Bible, brothers and sisters, to highlight some of the dysfunctional behavior emanating out of our community and the spiritual implications of that. We're gonna go to uh, Matthew five and seventeen. Don't allow a Gentile or any other person to tell you that we shouldn't follow the law, because he chose us to give us the law. He didn't write all the. You think he took all that time? To, to write, you know, to give the Ten Commandments to Moses to then say, you know, it's done away with? That doesn't make any sense, brothers and sisters. We're going to read uh, verse 17. Matthew 5 and 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophet. Think This is Christ, brothers and sisters. He said, don't even think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. The law is the first five books of Moses. The prophets are Ezekiel, Jeremiah, the, the Daniel, the Tanakh, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. So he came to not destroy it, but to do what was in the law. Verse 18. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. So as long as you can see luminaries, brothers and sisters, as long as you can come outside and see the sun, the law have not been done away with, brothers and sisters. He, he it says till all be fulfilled. Is Christ's second coming written in the law? Absolutely. Has that been fulfilled? No. So certain parts have been fulfilled, but not all of it, because Christ have not returned yet. So he's telling you, it, as long as you can go outside and see stars and a moon and a sun, that the law is the law is not done away with. And this we're speaking specifically to the children of Israel, brothers and sisters, because. Breaking the law doesn't affect Gentiles the way it affects us. So, of course, they're telling you don't break it. They weren't given the law. They, the law never stood with them. So you can't go to Gentiles and expect them to tell you how to worship God. Uh, can you read verse 19, brother? Verse 19. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. Exactly. See, you can't tell people they can break the law. You can't do that. Now, if you want to break it, that's something different. But you can't you can't use your platform to say, well, yeah, we don't need to eat pork. Or, yeah, we can go to church on Sunday. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 19. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, 
he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Exactly, brothers and sisters. You will never hear anybody that represents our church telling anybody to break the law ever at any time. And if you do hear that, then they don't represent our church, brothers and sisters. We can reassure you that. So, you know, a lot of people will say, well, there's over 600 laws. <laughs> you can't follow all that. You're the least in heaven. I don't care if it's 2,400 laws. I, we will never. The children of Israel should never tell others to not follow the law or try to encourage them that it's too grievous for them. You cannot teach men to break the law. Now, if you want to do that, that's on you. But if you try to you try to promote that to other people, you're going to be judged for that. So you pastors, do not teach our people that the law is done away with. Because if you do, I hope they pull the scripture out there on you to say, listen, if, if you teach me that these commandments are done away with, then you're like spittle to the most high. You have no value. We want to put that out there, brothers and sisters, because why? Most Israelites are not following the law. So now we have to call. Listen, we need to call the men and the women to the front of the congregation so we can examine some of the evil that's emanating out of our community and the standards that must be set by men of God. We're going to go to Amos chapter three, verse one, brothers and sisters. We're going into the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> Amos three and one, which is right after is right near Joel. Amos three, verse one. Hear this word that the Lord hath spoken against you, O children of Israel. Who? Children of Israel. So this is why it's important that you know who the children of Israel are, because the whole book is written about these people. And if you don't realize it's speaking to you, then you will be lost. Hear this word that the Lord hath spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family, which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families on earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. See, he gave us everything, brothers and sisters. He made an agreement with us, brothers and sisters. He made a covenant, brothers and sisters, with Moses. And what? Well, first with Abraham. But what happened? We broke that agreement, brothers and sisters, and started to follow what? The way of the heathen. He said he only known us out of all the families of the earth. And for that, <laughs> I'm going to punish you for your iniquity. Read that one more time from the top, brother, please. Verse 1. Hear this word that the Lord hath spoken against you, O children of Israel, against the whole family, which I brought up from the land of Egypt, saying, You only have I known of all the families of the earth. Therefore, I will punish you for all your iniquities. Can two walk together except they be agreed? See? So you can't walk. You can't walk with the Most High. You can't be one with the Most High. You can't walk together if you don't agree. So do you agree with these law, statutes, and commandments? And if not, that's why we're in this case, brothers and sisters. And we need to point that out. You cannot walk with the Most High, whether you're an Israelite or not, if you don't agree with what the Bible is upholding. And we're going to go into that, brothers and sisters. You're either going to rule or you're going to serve. There is no in-between for the children of Israel. It's not like you can be in the middle of the pack. No, you're going to be at the tail end, the very end, or you're going to be at the front, the very front. And Israel have to stop looking at the white man and, and the Asian and say, well, they're doing evil and they're benefiting from it. How come that don't happen to us? Because you're chosen and you can't get away with that kind of stuff, brothers and sisters. When you rule, you're scrutinized more than anybody else. Think about the greatest uh, 
basketball player or football player. They're the ones who the spotlight is on. So the scrutinization is more so on them than anybody else. And you have to you have to get used to that, brothers and sisters. We're the apple of the most high's eye. So we're held to a different standard. We're going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 15, brothers and sisters. Please follow us. Israel, getting our house in order. Deuteronomy 10 and 15. Only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers to love them. And he chose their seed after them, even you, above all people, as it is this day. Right. So he delighted in our fathers and chose their seed after them. So it wasn't just Abraham. It was Abraham's children. It wasn't just Isaac. It was Isaac's children, brothers and sisters. He still views us above all people as it is to this day. Can you read that again, Brother Corey, please? Verse 15. Only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers to love them. And he chose their seed after them, even you, above all people, as it is this day. Now, responsibility comes with that. Verse 16. Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart, and be no more stiff-necked. To prove to you that the children of Israel are stiff-necked people, brothers and sisters. We needed to bring that out. Because, you know, we're going to go into a lot of the dysfunction. And the origin of it here today, brothers and sisters, our people are stiff-necked. They love lying. They love disobedience. They don't like to be told what to do. Nobody likes being told what to do. Not just us. But our people are very, very stiff-necked. So the Most High said, in order for you to be above all people, you must circumcise your heart. Not just the physical circumcision of the foreskin of a, of a male's member, but you must circumcise your heart also. Which means just because you're Israel does not mean you're going to get in. in. In fact, it means you'll be punished first. That's what that means. The Bible tells you to the Jew first, then a the Gentile. So that means... The Jews or the Israelites will get punished first. Not just you. You won't only receive the reward first. You'll be punished first. And we need to go into that. We're going to Romans. We're going to the epistles, brothers and sisters. We're going to Romans chapter 9. We're going to read 1 through 6, brothers and sisters. Follow us, please. Romans 9 verse 1. I say the truth in Christ. I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. Now this is Paul, brothers and sisters. Verse 2. That I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were a curse from Christ. For my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Right. So Paul is saying he wished he was separated from Christ to suffer just as Christ for our people. He had, he had compassion for us. In his heart for his own people, brothers and sisters. So he's saying he wished he could have died for our people. He had sympathy and compassion for our people. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 3. For I, for I could wish that myself were a curse from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen according to the flesh. See, this is he, my kinsmen according to the flesh. This isn't Gentiles, brothers and sisters. Paul was not a Gentile. Paul was from the tribe of Benjamin, brothers and sisters. He was a Benjamite, brothers and sisters. So he's speaking of strictly Israel here. Verse 4 or verse 3. For I could wish that myself were cursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption. Read 4 again, brother. Who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory, 
And the covenant. And the what? And the covenant. And the what? And the covenant. So, brothers and sisters, Paul is saying that the covenants, <laughs> both covenants, that's plural, covenants, old and new, they belong, they pertain to Israel through the flesh. Not a Gentile who, who claiming that they are spiritual Israelite. Doesn't exist. There's no such thing as a spiritual Israelite in the Bible, brothers and sisters. Can you read verse 4 one more time, brother? Verse 4. Who are Israelites to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law. And the what? And the giving of the law. We were given the law, brothers and sisters, through the flesh, the children of Israel have nothing to do with the religion. And the giving of the law and the service of God and, and the promises. And the service, which means they're the prophets, they're the teachers, the children of Israel through the flesh are the ones who are going to represent the Most High through teaching, through uh, philanthropy, through being a, a role model. That's the service. If the service is not given to all people. The law was not given to all people. It was given to you. Read that one more time. Three and four, brother, please. Verse three. For I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ, for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory, and the covenants, and the giving of the law, and the service of God, and the promises. Right, and the promises, brothers and sisters. See? So the covenants, the, the, the law, and the responsibility, in conjunction with the promises, go to the children of Israel through the flesh. And Paul was magnifying that. Verse 5. Whose are the fathers? And of whom, as concerning the flesh, Christ came. Right, see? So Christ came from the Israelites through the flesh, brothers and sisters. Who is over all. God blessed forever. Amen. Right, so Christ came for a physical people, brothers and sisters. A physical people. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 6. Not as though the word of God had taken none effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Read that part again. For they are not all Israel which are of Israel. See? So that means there's a chosen within the chosen, brothers and sisters. Israel together as a nation are chosen by the Most High, but within that nation are chosen people. Because why? Our people are stiff-necked. We just read that. We just read that our people are disobedient and stiff-necked. So there's a chosen within Israel. And I need brothers and sisters to examine that because you cannot... Just go to any Israelite and expect them to teach you the true gospel of the Most High, brothers and sisters. You must prove it through the doctrine of Christ, which is Hebrews. You must go through Hebrews to prove whether somebody is an effective or should be an effective teacher for you. All Israel is not of Israel. And we're going to call some Israelites out today. We're going to call the men out first. Men, we need all the men, the children of Israel, not just the black tribes. We need the Hispanics and the natives, all all 12 that come to the front of the congregation because we have to address things like men. We're going to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 1. Follow us, brothers and sisters. We're going to read 1 through 6. Proverbs 4 and 1. Hear, ye children, the instruction of a father. And attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Read that again. For I give you good doctrine. So we were given good doctrine. Forsake you not my law. To show you that the, the beginning of good doctrine is following the law, brothers and sisters. Verse 3. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, let thine heart retain my words. 
Keep my commandments and live. Right. Brothers and sisters, we have been indoctrinated with heathen ideologies. The, the Bible is going to illuminate that. The foundation of that good doctrine is to not forsake the law. Read that again, brother. Verse 4. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. Look, keep if you keep these commandments, you'll live, brothers and sisters. See? So the Most High was giving us you know, a standard to govern our communities by. And we're going to go to school, brothers and sisters. And every school has what? They have a foundation, brothers and sisters. Like, you know, when you were in um, preschool or, you know, first grade, they, they teach you A, B, C, you know, one, two, three. And then you begin to put sentences together. So once you have the foundation, which is the law, now you go further, but you must base your community, your church, on a standard, a foundation, which is the law. Can you read verse 4 again, brother? Verse 4. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Brothers and sisters, it says, get wisdom. And then it refers to wisdom as a what? As a her. It says, forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. What is this talking about, brothers and sisters? What is this talking about? Who's wisdom? Who, who is wisdom, brothers and sisters? Wisdom is who? Exactly the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters. Even Christians know that. Even people from the Christian church know that wisdom is the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know that, you know, when I was a Christian and attending Christianity, they never told me it was a feminine spirit. They told me it was a masculine spirit. And that's the Bible don't substantiate that, brothers and sisters. We're going to prove that. We're going to use the Bible to show you that wisdom is a she, brothers and sisters. There was a time where the most high God, a higher he, he was to himself, and then he pulled a spirit out of him the same way he pulled Eve out of Adam, brothers and sisters. And we're going to prove that without any shadow of a doubt. We're going to prove that the Holy Spirit is a feminine spirit, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Wisdom of Solomon in the Apographer. Follow us, brothers and sisters. Get out your King James Version Apographer. We're going to Wisdom of Solomon 9 and 17. Wisdom of Solomon 9 and 17. And thy counsel who hath known, except thou give wisdom, and send thy Holy Spirit from above. To prove to you that wisdom is the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters. Jump to verse 4, brother, please. Verse 4. Give me wisdom that sitteth by thy throne. Read that again. Give me wisdom that sitteth by thy throne, and reject me not from among thy children. Jump to verse 10, brother. Verse 10. O send her out of thy holy heaven. Read that again, brother. O send her out of thy holy heaven. Send her out of thy holy heavens. Because why? There's three that bear witness in heaven. Brothers and sisters, further proof that the, you know, the Holy Spirit is a feminine spirit. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 10. O send her out of thy holy heaven and from the throne of thy glory, that being present, she may labor with me. That I may know what is pleasing unto thee. Right, because the Holy Spirit will, will educate you on how to please your father the same way a mother does. A mother 
tell her, you know, her son, listen, this is how your father wants things done. And if your father come home and things are not done this way, you know, there could be ramifications for that. So the mother tells the child how to please the father. Because you have to please your father. It's not your father's job to, you know, you have to prove yourself to your father. That's how it was, brothers and sisters. Not that your father just catered to you because you were his child. No, you must prove as a daughter or a son to your father who, you know, the value of his teaching and be and, and learn and be open, have a teacher, teachable spirit. You must prove yourself. So that's where the Holy Spirit come in. Once you have the Holy Spirit, she start to give you discernment of how to please your creator, brothers and sisters. We're going to go back to Proverbs 4. We needed to just show you that the Holy Spirit is a feminine spirit. And the Bible substantiates that. Proverbs 4 and 6. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Right, because she would teach of the Father and preserve you by teaching of the Father, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, Brother Corey? Verse 6. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Right, so you must get understanding, brothers and sisters. The only way to do that is through the Holy Spirit. Verse 7. <clears throat> wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Read that again. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. See, get understanding, brothers and sisters. Get understanding of what? Get understanding of your purpose, brothers and sisters. What is your purpose? Your purpose is to show forth righteousness through on the earth, brothers and sisters, in representation of the Most High God. We're talking to Israelites here, brothers and sisters. We're speaking predominantly to the children of Israel. Uh, continue, brother, please. Verse 8. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou doest embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory shall she deliver thee. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. Read that again, brother. Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of thy life shall be many. See, so that's the answer to crime and death. That's going on in our community, brothers and sisters. This will end the inward destruction. It says, receive my sayings and the years of thy life shall be many, brothers and sisters. Why they don't teach this? Why is this not being taught in our communities, brothers and sisters? Uh, read the next scripture, brother, please. Verse 11. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in right paths. When thou goest, thy, thy steps shall not be straightened. And when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. This is this is saying if you're being led by the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, it says thy steps shall not be straightened. Why? Because you're already on the right path. You don't need to be straightened. You don't need somebody to come get you on the right path. Because why? You're being led by the Holy Spirit. And I always tell Christians, if you're being led by the Spirit, the Spirit is not telling you to go eat pork. The Spirit is not telling you to put up a Christmas tree. So, you know, it's, it's quite... Comedic when Christians are saying, Well, I'm following the Spirit, but yet you're breaking every law in the Bible. That's not the right, you're not following the Holy Spirit, you're following, the, you're following something else. Holy Spirit will never lead you to break God's law. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 12 When thou goest, thy steps shall not be straightened, and when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Verse, uh, verse 13 Take fast hold of instruction. 
Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Now, brothers and sisters, when you actually look in the physical book, that word men is in italics. There's a reason for that. That lets you know that that word is not originally there. It's It was added because of translation. So they want you to believe that, you know, the only evil that you can look at is on the outside of you instead of inside, which is inwardly. This is saying, enter not in the path of the wicked, go not in the way of the evil, which is talking about what, brothers and sisters? Let's talk about your thoughts, something within you. But no, if you... if if you read it as evil men, you're thinking, you know, it's something outside of yourself. It's nothing that could be within you. When this is within us, brothers and sisters, this is talking about your thoughts. Can you read the next? Uh, read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 14. Enter not into the path of wicked, and go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it. Pass not by it. Turn from it and pass away. Right. So avoid those evil thoughts. Pass not by those evil thoughts. When you do have those evil thoughts, turn from it and it'll pass away, brothers and sisters. This is the standard. This is the standard that must be set within our communities, brothers and sisters. This is what must be implemented through church. Number one, this must be implemented through the church. The men of God must step up and we're going to we're going to talk to the men. We need all the men to come to the front of the congregation. We need to highlight some of the dysfunction that our men are bringing forth in our, in our communities, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Ecclesiasticus and the Apographer, also known as Sirach. We're going to Ecclesiasticus chapter 19, verse 29, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiasticus 19 and 29. A man may be known by his look. Brothers and sisters, examine this. What is a man? The Bible is going to tell you what a man is. Read that one more time, brother. A man may be known by his look, and one that hath understanding, by his countenance, when thou meetest him. So you know a man when he walk in the door, brothers and sisters. You know what a man is all about when he walks in the door. By what? His demeanor, by his clothing. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 29. A man may be known by his look. And one that hath understanding by his countenance, when thou meetest him. Right. So when a man, a righteous man, walk in the room, you know what he's all about based on his appearance and how he presents himself. And why are we saying this? Because a lot of y'all young brothers, you want, want to sag pants to, to your knees, got your dirty drawers out. Sisters, listen, sisters need to examine this too. You can know what kind of man he is by his presentation, brothers and sisters. The Bible is telling you that. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 29. A man may be, may be known by his look, and one that hath understanding, by his countenance, when thou meetest him. A man's attire. See? An excessive laughter. And gait. Show what he is. Right. See? A man's attire. So when a man want to dress like a thug, and see, I always talk to young brothers, and they say, well, I can't get a job. They profiling me. And I'm like, brother, um... You know, <laughs> you you got your pants on the floor, brother. You know, you dress like a thug in thug's attire, in a criminal attire. Now, if you dress in a police uniform, you think people may stop you and ask you <laughs> for directions or ask you questions that pertains to a police? Exactly. So your uniform, what you're wearing, maybe, may whether right or wrong, it's a reality that people judge you based on your attire. So you got to be, you got to be aware of that. 
Any leader of the Most High, any person that's interested in representing the Most High must understand that even his attire must represent the Most High God. Uh, read 29 and 30 one more time, brother. Verse 29. A man may be known by his look, and one that hath understanding by his countenance, when thou meetest him. A man's attire and except excessive laughter and gait show what he is. It says an excessive laughter. Because why? Especially with a lot of our young men. Everything is funny. Everything is entertainment, brothers and sisters. And, you know, personally for me, I'm not entertained by these um, these reality shows. Uh, making the band and uh, these hip-hop shows. Because why? They're, our people are showing the worst example of us. They, they're putting this on before the world... They're showing every single stereotype and magnifying that. And I'm not excited. I'm not entertained by that. That's not funny to me to see my own people <laughs> represent us in this fashion in front of the other nations. And you, you wonder why <laughs> the nations think we're thugs and criminals and in loud mouths. And I'm talking about the brothers and the sisters. The brothers are promoting us to be womanizers, adulterers, fornicators, thugs. And our sisters are, you know, promoting being loud, uh, you know, not meek, not humble, you know, not modest. None of those things to be loud and strong and, you know, wearing next to nothing. This is what they're promoting on these television shows. So I'm not, you know, if a man say, uh, you know, I need to hurry up and get home so I can watch uh, hip hop, uh, love and hip hop. You, you need to examine that man. That man's being entertained by homosexuals and and uh, seeing our people in nothing but drama. I don't get. I, I'm not entertained by homosexuals on TV. I'm not going to be watching homosexuals on TV and, and say, you know, <laughs> that's funny. Nah, that's not funny, brothers and sisters. That's not funny. Read that one more time, brother. That last scripture, verse thirty. A man's attire and excessive laughter. And gate, show what he is. Right. So you know the substance of a man based on what he's entertained by, brothers and sisters. What you got to say on that, Brother Corey? Well, in a, like the uh, hip love and hip hop, the TV shows that you talk about, the laughter. I mean, it's not funny. Where's the love in that? You cannot have love in your heart, which is the, the first and foremost commandment for the most high is to love your brother, love your neighbor as yourself. Where's the love in that if you're entertained by them embarrassing themselves? <laughs> that can't be love in your heart. So that's a question for our people you have to ask yourself. Do I really have love for my people if you're if you're entertained by this type of stuff? Exactly, brothers and sisters. We, you know, the Bible tells you a spiritual man or woman, they prove all things. And certain things, you know, we have to be... Everything can't be entertainment, brothers and sisters, because the, this world have, you know, if they make it comedic, if they make it funny, then it should be acceptable like a man wearing a dress, mm. like Big Mama's house or Respucio or whatever, all these other, Medea. It desensitizes you. It, 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 thank you, brother. <laughs> it desensitizes you. And these things are not funny. We will we're, we're protect other people's culture more than our own culture, brothers and sisters. It's not funny. And we're speaking to the men here. Now, sisters, you know, sisters are different. You know, they, they're entertained by, you know, anything that's funny. But men have to draw a line. 
brothers and sisters. We this wouldn't this is what needs to happen because there's no standard, and the men must implement the standard, brothers and sisters. And we're going to go into that today. And here's something about letting just a little bit of sin in, being okay with just a little. It's okay. It's, it's not too bad. I seen the other day on social media, Instagram, I think it was. It was a it was a, a dude. He was a thug. He had he was a thug. He was dressed in baggy clothes like he was talking about. But now he had his nails done, like long nails. And he said, a real man, the caption was, a real man get his nails done. He had colors on him. And he had a gun on him. I'm like, this is what it come to now? See, when you let a little bit in, it just progressively gets worse. And that's the thing. You, can't, you cannot stand for any type of sin. Hey, and the <laughs> scriptures, the scriptures substantiate that, brothers and sisters. The scriptures substantiate that. That 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 is a new thing that I'm seeing a trend mm-hmm. in hip hop where you got thugs who got guns on them, but then he got a purse on the other side. Like, <laughs> brother, you are really confused. If this isn't confusion, you got brothers with dresses on carrying guns. This is, <laughs> brothers and sisters, it, it's very different. You know. You see a white homosexual man and, you know, he tries to kind of hide it. Mm-hmm. Not our people. No. The Israelite homosexuals, they have to take it to the <laughs> to the top, brothers and sisters. They have to outdo it. They got to be the most flamboyant. You got brothers who got purses. They got guns and they got in their purse. They're they walking around with Birkins and, uh, you know. Whatever those bags is called, brothers and sisters, put the bags down, brothers, and pick up the Bible. That's what you need to pick up. Take the dresses off. It's not funny, brothers and sisters. It's not a game. This is why our community has been ravished and dismantled in this fashion. In this fashion, brothers and sisters. So, brothers and sisters, we're going to move forward. We're still dealing with the men. We're still dealing with the men. I mean, you know, we're not going to, we're not trying to pick you out or anything like that. We're going to deal with the sisters too. But first, we have to deal with the men because the men have the bulk of the responsibility. They are the leaders. The most, the 12 disciples were men, brothers and sisters. The, the flock of the most high is men, brothers and sisters. So we must deal with the men. Men need to come to the front of the congregation and we need to have a talk. We need to use scripture to compare that to what's going on in our community and say, okay, how do I, as a man of God, be the change? How do I help set a standard in my community that helps elevate my people out of the spiritual darkness they find themselves in? We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 6, verse 16. Follow us to Proverbs, brothers and sisters. Proverbs 6 and 16. These six things that the Lord hate. Read that again, brother. These six things that the Lord hate. These are the things that the Most High God hate, brothers and sisters. And yeah, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look. A, read that again. A proud look. A proud look. R- brothers and sisters, and this is what's going on in our community. He, A proud look as a slave. We're slaves and we have proud look, brothers and sisters. Just look, what's being celebrated in our community? We're, we're, we're prideful of the ghetto. We, you know, we want to be, you know, it's this, it's only happens in Israelite culture where you want to be from the place where had the most murder and drug dealing. Like, yeah, I'm from the South Side where we, we, we sell uh, kilos. That's where we do it big at. 
This is what our people do, brothers and sisters. They promote and celebrate, you know, evil. A proud look. That's what's going on in our communities. We magnify being from the ghetto. Other nations look at us like, what? Who's magnifying coming from the slums? Read that again, brother, please. Verse 17. A proud look. A lying tongue. A lying tongue. Why? What's going on? Our people will lie (laughs) on each other. Our people will lie to themselves saying that, what? You can be evil and, you know, you don't have to follow any laws and you'll still get into heaven. So we lie. We have a proud look. We magnify the ghetto, the hood. Read that again. A proud look. A lying tongue. And hands that shed innocent blood. Right, and hands that shed innocent blood. How long? This sounds like the hood to me. This, this all that's going on in the hood, brothers and sisters. How long will our brothers continue to kill each other and call it culture? Sounds like the hood to me. We're not the. Listen, brothers and sisters. The hood is not our culture. The ghetto is not the children of Israel's culture, brothers and sisters. But yet we're celebrating it. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 17, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. Right. These are the games. What are the games doing? Hands that shed innocent blood, brothers and sisters. And you know what the the problem is, is that even the gangs know what parameters to keep this killing in. You don't do this on the white side of town. You only do it within your own neighborhood, brothers and sisters. The Crips, the Bloods, the um, MS-13, and all these other gangs that's out there, including the Masons. This must be completely eradicated from our community. How do we know when it says hands that shed innocent blood that that's also speaking of what gangs? We're going to go to uh, verse 12 and 13 to prove to you that hands that shed innocent blood come from gangs. Verse 12, a naughty person, a wicked man walketh with a forward mouth. He winketh with his eyes. He speaketh with his feet. And he teach it with his fingers. Look at this. This is gangs, brothers and sisters. Anybody who's been around a gang environment know that the Bloods and Crips, they have what? It says, speaketh with his feet. They do the what? Crip walk, right? They do the blood walk. It says he teaches with his fingers, right? That called, they call that stacking in the ghetto, brothers and sisters. Big B's and little B's and CK's and Crip killer and all this other mess. These other abominations that's coming out of our community, brothers and sisters. They do all these gang symbols with their hands. Gang, gang. This is what the Bible's talking about. He speak with his feet. He teach with his fingers. Who also does that? The Masons, brothers and sisters. They use certain handshakes to introduce themselves to another Mason without him saying physically that he's a Mason. If you look at, look it up, brothers and sisters. Go on Google and look at the, the Masonic handshakes, the grips, because the, uh, Two masons, what they'll do is they'll shake hands, but they'll use their thumb to touch on either your first knuckle, your second knuckle, or your third knuckle with their thumb to identify what level mason they are, brothers and sisters. The Bible teach you about that. Bloods, they have a certain blood handshakes when they walk up to each other, right? Crips, they do the same thing. So the Bible is telling you that people who are dealing with this type of uh, evil should be put out of our community. Why? Because all Israel is not of Israel. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 12. A naughty person, a wicked man, walketh with the fraud mouth. He winketh with his eyes, speaketh with his feet, and he teacheth with his fingers. Right, and that's crystal clear. Gang members do all types of 
twisting their fingers up and all types of stuff that's identifying them as a gang member. Anybody, everybody knows that, especially if you, you've ever seen hip-hop, quote-unquote, culture. It has become this, brothers and sisters. Jump back to verse 17, brother, please. 17. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that devises wicked imaginations. Right. So you'll sit back. We'll sit back and calculate on how to keep our people at the bottom. And feet that be swift and running to mischief. Right. Feet that are swift into running into wickedness and drama. Anytime there's a fight or there's a quote-unquote misunderstanding or some evil going on, we're running to record it or we're running to see it. This is what, and this is talking about men, brothers and sisters. This is talking about men. Men running to, to mischief like little girls. Uh, continue, brother, please. Verse 19. A false witness that speak lies. Read that again. A false witness that speak lies. And him that saw discord amongst brethren. Right. So this is a person who never speaks on how to come together, but always points to things that would keep us divided, brothers and sisters. You have brothers who do that too, because they why? They want to sever out some people for themselves. So even with the church, you'll have people come into church and then start trying to start make subgroups and say, well, yeah, you, y'all should come over here and learn over here. That, that happened in the time of Moses. And those people that did that were utterly destroyed. The earth opened, cracked open and <laughs> opened up and they, you know, were killed because you had subgroups teaching her- heretical doctrine, trying to sever out somebody for themselves. So you'll come into an established work already and then say, well, you should look at this. Well, actually, I'm going to do it like this. We're doing it over at my house next week. See, a false witness that speak lies, which is all that's going on. Brothers running around, you know, speaking lies, rumor, innuendo. And sisters are looking at these men running around spreading rumors. Like, what, what is this mess? This is speaking to the men. Men who go around and sow discord and, and, and deal with false witness. And the tail bearer, oh, bro, brother, did you did you hear what he said about you? He was he was testing your your thuggery. He, he was he was testing your you know. See, these people must be weeded out, brothers and sisters. Go to Ecclesiasticus, brother. We're going to Ecclesiasticus and the Apographer, chapter twenty five. We're going to read one through seven. This is for the men. Ecclesiasticus twenty five verse one. In three things I was beautified. And stood up beautiful, both before God and men. These are the things that the Most High view as beautiful in his eyesight. The unity of brethren, the love of neighbors, and a man and a wife that agree together. Now Satan know this, brothers and sisters. And listen, the only time, especially in the minority communities, the only time we're together now is what? In the lovemaking process. That's the only time man and woman are together. Any other time... They can't stand each other, you know, yada, yada, yada. He's not a good man. She she won't submit to me. I'm the man, right? And Satan know this. He know that the Most High viewed this as beautiful. And so what? What's going to happen? He's going to look to destroy it, brothers and sisters. He's going to look to destroy that union that the men in our community have with the women. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 1. In three things I was beautified and stood up beautiful before both... Before God and man, the unity of brethren, the love of neighbors, a man and a wife that agree together. So Satan is going to look to destroy that. He's going to look to destroy the man and woman. 
in their bond together. So we're going to deal with the men first, and we're going to deal with the sisters afterwards. Uh, read verse 2, brother, please. Verse 2. Three sorts of men my soul hated. Read that again, brother. Three sorts of men my soul hated, and I am greatly offended at their life. A poor man that is proud. <laughs> Read that again, brother. A poor man that is proud. A poor man that is proud. That means a man who celebrates poverty, who celebrate being from the ghetto. Brothers and sisters, the hood is not our culture. We have to say that because our people think that this is what we've always been. We're royalty. The Bible says so. If you go into history, we were actually, actually the royal people. It says a poor man that is proud. That's our people, brothers and sisters. Don't have two nickels to uh, to rub together. Talking about, yeah, yeah, you know, I done slept with a hundred women. This is what our people are doing, brothers and sisters. Uh, continue. A poor man that is proud. A rich man that is a liar. And an old adulterer that died. Right. So it said uh, a poor man that is proud. So that means our people who celebrate our slave condition. The most high hate that. A rich man that is a liar. Why? Because a lot of times when people get money, it magnifies who they truly are. And a lot of rich people you can't trust. Why? Because they actually have the, the resources to destroy you and to lie to you. And if you're poor, you really can't, you, you, you're not in position to go against them. So the Bible is telling you when you're rich and you have power and you use your influence to be a liar, the Most High hates you. Isn't that what our people are doing? While we're poor, we're proud. Then we get rich and then we start lying. Then we start following all these other religions, right? We start looking for other women outside of Israelites. We do a lot of stuff, don't we, brothers and sisters? Because why? We become entitled. Uh, read, read, read that one more time, brother. Three sorts of men my soul hated, and I am greatly offended at their life. A poor man that is proud, a rich man that is a liar, and an old adulterer that died. An old adulterer. So we got men who 50 years old and won't commit. How you, you know, you single in 50. The Most High is not happy with that. Talking about, yeah, yeah, you know, I got young Tenderoni. Like, brother, you need to sit your old behind down. That's what you need to do and pick up your Bible. Because that's not the type of influence that our young men need to see. And in our communities, you know, growing up. It was cool to be a player. And the older men, your uncles, right, your dad, these people encouraged you to, you know, to deal loosely with women and to have multiple women. They they encouraged this. They encouraged this, brothers and sisters. The Bible, the, the Bible is saying that the Most High hate these things, brothers and sisters. Uh, read the next scripture, brother, please. Verse 3. If thou hast gathered nothing in thy youth, how can thou find anything in thine age? How can you expect to be a productive member of society? How? If you don't start from the youth. Verse 4. Oh, how comely a thing is judgment for gray hairs and for ancient men who, to no counsel. Right. So older men are supposed to understand the precepts of the Bible, to understand the wisdom, to have honor, humility, and meekness, and to bestow that upon the younger men. Uh, read the next one, brother. Verse 5. Oh, how comely is the wisdom of old men and understanding and counsel to men of honor. Right. See, so in times past, understanding was attractive, brothers and sisters. The sisters was attracted to understanding and men who had a relationship with God. 
Now it's something else going on. You know, citizens are looking for swag now. <laughs> oh, he he swag. He 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 got the new Jordans. I you know I, I think I may want to have a baby by him. This is the this is what's going on. This is the abominations that's going on in our communities, brothers and sisters. They frown upon being smart. I remember growing up, it was not cool to be the smart one. A lot of times we were playing dumb because we thought it was cool. To show you, look at look at how our 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 understanding has been skewed, brothers and sisters, and understand that that affects the next generation. Men must look to become wise biblically as as a way to honor. You honor those who follow the Most High. You honor those who work for the Most High. The work is to be respected. Men who do the work get respect. Because why? The work is to be respected. Read, read that again, brother. Verse 5. Oh how, <clears throat> oh, how comely is the wisdom of old men, and understanding and counsel to men of honor. Much experience is the crown of old men, and the fear of God is their gl glory. It says much experience is the crown of old men. To show you that some things... You can only learn through life's experience. And that's why no matter how much knowledge I we amass, we always show reverence and honor to the elders, our elder women and elder men, because there's certain things that you only learn through life's experience. And you have to respect that, brothers and sisters, even if they don't know the precepts and the doctrine doesn't matter. We respect their experience. Their life experience. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 6. Much experience is the crown of old men, and the fear of God is their glory. See, the fear of God is their glory. To show you that there's glory that come with fear in the Most High and following His law, statutes, and commandments. Verse 7. There be nine things that I will, which I have judged in mine heart to be happy, and the tenth I will utter with my tongue. A man that hath joy of his children. Read that again, brother. A man that hath joy of his children. Men are not even around for their children, brothers and sisters. So how can a man have joy of his children when he's not around for his children, brothers and sisters? We need to examine this, men, because the Most High is telling you the standard that must be set in our community. Men must be there for their children. Why? To support their children, to protect their children. Because what's going on? There's a... There's a huge, there's a raging epidemic in our community of molestation and sexual assault to our children, brothers and sisters. And why is that? Because there's no protection. There's no man there. And men are supposed to be there to protect their children. Listen, a man know when something, something foreign is going on with his son, brothers and sisters. A man know that. Trust me. Now, a mama, mama may, you know, mama's worried about a whole bunch of things, but a father... He understand when his son come in and something's different. He's been tampered with or he's starting to act flamboyant. A father have to be there to say, boy, you better put your arm, stop holding your your hips. Put You're going to put on some blue. See, a man have to be there to have joy of his children. Read that from the top, brother. Verse seven, please. There be nine things which I have judged in my heart to be happy. And the tenth I will utter with my tongue. A man that had joy of his children, and he that liveth to see the fall of his enemies. Brothers and sisters, the most high is happy when men have joy of their children. You got to first be there for your children, brothers and sisters. We're going to show you the responsibility of a father, of a man, 
Ecclesiasticus 30 and 1, Brother Corey, please. Ecclesiasticus 30, verse 1. <clears throat> he that loveth his son causes him off to feel the rod. Read that again, brother. He that loveth his son causeth him oft to feel the rod, that he may have joy of him in the end. Right. See, this is a man's responsibility as a father, brothers and sisters. He's there to instill discipline. He's there to instill structure. He's there to instill accountability, brothers and sisters. It says, a man that loved his son caused his son to often feel the rod. Not every blue moon, but often when they get to that age, because why? That's the only way you can have joy in, of him in the end. Or he's going to embarrass you. He's going to grow up to be a, a fornicator, an adulteress, a drug dealer, a gangbanger, and there's no, or a homosexual. And there's no father that want his son running around with any of those things that we just previously discussed. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 1. He that loves his son causeth him often to feel the rod, that he may have joy of him in the end. He that chastiseth his son shall have joy in him and shall rejoice of him among, among his acquaintance. See, so when a son is chastising his youth and taught responsibility and accountability and following what his father tell and his mother tell him in conjunction with the most high's laws that make a father happy to talk about his children amongst his friends. To, to, you know, to even gloat about their children. They feel so good because their children have turned out so well. This is what the Most High is talking about, having joy in your children. You got to be there first, though. Go to verse 9, brother, please. Same chapter. Verse 9. Conquer thy child, and he shall make thee afraid. Play with him, and he will bring thee to heaviness. Right. So you're there to be a father, not there to be a friend. See? As a father, you're not there to be a friend to your son or to your daughter. You're there to instill discipline, instruction, responsibility, accountability. Not to be there as your son's friend, drinking with them. I see brothers out here drinking with their sons. Gave their sons their first cigarette. That that's not your that's not your prerogative. You're not to be trying to be a friend. I don't care how old your son is. There will have to be a level of respect there. Sisters, too. There's a lot of sisters out there who be trying to go to the club with their daughter. Like, uh, yeah, girl, they, they think we sisters. Like, ma'am, <laughs> ma'am, you, you playing games. You're not supposed to be trying to be friends and go to the club with your daughter. That's not your friend. That child came from you. You're supposed to instill direction and instruction. Not to be friends, because guess what? Sooner or later, she's going to start talking to you like a friend or your son going to start talking to you like a friend. And that's where the line get crossed. Like, hold on. There's still big mama here. Make me break you down now. But that's what happens when you allow your child to think that you're there to be their friend. So the Bible is telling you. Read uh, nine one more time, brother, please. Conquer thy child and he shall make thee afraid. Play with him and he will bring thee to heaviness. Laugh not with him, lest thou have sorrow with him, and lest thou gnash thy teeth in the end. Give him no liberty in his youth, and wink not at his follies. See, wink not at his follies. Give him no liberty in his youth. Why? Because, for example, a lot of our older, you know, the men we grew up around in our family, it, they, you know, they, they, they looked favorably on having a lot of women. And how, you know, oh, that's you, nephew. You know, you had another one last week. You 
See, this is the type of mess that's going on in our communities. The Bible is telling you, at the youth, don't wink at their follies. It's not funny. It's not a game. It's not cute to be an adulteress, to be a womanizer, even at a young age. Because why? These are learned behaviors, brothers and sisters. A young son don't know that he need to be with 10 different women to look cool unless somebody is promoting or advertising that around him. Brothers and sisters, read verse 11 one more time, brother. Give him no liberty in his youth and wink not at his follies. Bow down his neck while he is young. That means put your hands on the bed. That's what that means. And beat him on the sides while he is a child. Lest he wax stubborn and be disobedient unto thee. And so bring sorrow to thine heart. Right. See? So it's telling you while he's young, you know. You need to discipline him or he will become stubborn. He will end up shooting up a school or blowing something up. This is love. When you love your child, you discipline him. Now, this world will tell you the opposite. They'll tell you studies show, statistics show that that doesn't work. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The people who rely on statistics are robots because they've done no research for themselves. They always can just fall back on the statistics and say, well, the statistics say this. That's because you did no research for yourself. So you just want to rest on the statistics. You have to be a person, a person who only follows statistics. Guess what? They're a robot. They have no feelings <laughs> for theirself. Just you put some numbers in front of them, they just read it. Mm-hmm. So you have to be, especially men. Men have to do what the Bible says, even if it contradicts statistics. You must be wise, though, especially while you serve in the Edomite, the Gentile, the heathen. Read verse 13, brother. Corey, please. Verse 13. Chastise thy son and hold him to labor, lest the lewd behavior be an offense unto thee. See? We're talking to the men. Because why? Men are not there for their children. And when men are not there for their children, they lead their children off to become gangs, to maybe become molested. Our, Our young women becoming homosexuals, being raped. Because why? There's no protection. There's no father. The man is imperative. He need to be with his family. He need to be amongst the children that he created to help guide them. Because it's not a woman's responsibility to raise children on her own. That's not her responsibility. And that puts her in a position where she can't be most effective because she's doing two jobs. Men must step up. Stop making our sisters take us for child support. I know brothers who... They get their check and the money's already gone. And that says a lot, you know, that the sister believed that this is the only way you'll assist her is if she have go to the white man and have him take the money out of your account. And brothers, we need to step up. We need to step up. We need to, we must do our part. We must be men. We must be there for our families, brothers and sisters. A lot of men run off and have 10 children with 10 different women and then want to look at us like that's cool. I'm like, brother, you can't do any work like that. So, you know, maybe that's what you want to say to people. Look, I mean, all these women wanted me. I got 10 baby mamas. I'm like, brother, you really just put yourself in a box because now nobody's going to follow you. I would, I definitely wouldn't follow you. You got 10 baby mamas and you gloating about that, brother? You, you, you have no position in the church, brother. So, men must do what? They must become responsible adults and guide their families, guide their women, you know, implement discipline and structure to their children. Because why? The children, 
will be the next generation and they will teach their children and they will teach their children. So it must be it must stop here. Brothers and sisters, there must be a standard implemented. And we're going over that standard today, brothers and sisters. Follow us. We're going to go to First Timothy chapter five, verse eight in the New Testament. We're still dealing with men here. We'll get to the sisters, but the men first. First Timothy five and eight. But if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he had denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Brother, read that again. Verse 8. But if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Right. See? So a man is supposed to provide for his family, for his children, for his wife. Not just economically, but he must provide stability, structure, discipline, direction, protection. These are the things that a man must provide. Read that one more time, brother, please. But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith, and is worse than an infidel. You are a fool if you don't provide for your family. And we don't just mean economically, because there's a lot of brothers who just want to throw money at it. That's not it. That's not it. That's not the most important part. Now, of course, you need to do your job, because no woman should be supporting a family on her own. But there's more spiritually that a man must provide like we said stability being number one structure discipline direction protection he must teach these things he must provide these things to his family so sisters uh, you need to examine this because if the if a man is more inclined to do what pleasures him than to support his family you need to examine that you need to examine that because he would rather go to the club and buy bottles for women that he don't know than to pay child support, than to make sure his child got school supplies. See, when you're dealing with men like that, that's how men end up on child support right there. Because they all on Facebook with bottles, with all this money. And then their child mother call them and say, listen, I need $100, you know, take the baby, get his uh, prescription. Oh, I don't got no money. Oh, you don't have money now. You was just, <laughs> you was just stunting on Instagram. See? So men, must provide. If you don't provide for your own family, brothers and sisters, you're worse than an infidel. We're talking to the men. Go to 1 Timothy 3 and 4, brother. Just, just a few chapters over. 1 Timothy 3, verse 4. One that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Read that again, brother. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Right. So you must get your house in order, brothers and sisters. You must get your house in order. A man's house, his family, is a reflection of him. So first, you must get your house in order. How do we know this? This is specifically if you want to be a priest or have work within Christ's uh, doctrine. If you want to work for the church, work for the Most High, how do we know that? Go to verse 1, brother, please. Verse 1, this is a true saying. If a man desired the office of a bishop, he desired a good work. And this is not just a bishop. This is a deacon. This is an usher. This is to play on the choir. This is for administration. If you want any position within the church, jump to verse 4, brother, please. One that ruleth well his own house 
having his children in subjection must with all do, gravity. Must do this first. Have his rule his own house. He must do that first. Read verse five, brother. Verse five. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Exactly. So I try to tell young brothers, you know, your first mission is to get your family in order. You can't come teach anybody else. If you if your family is not in order before brother Corey ever had a place in the work, his family was in order before I ever thought before the thought even crossed my mind. My family was in order because the most high make sure that if you can't get that, then you're not ready for the work. Because why your house, your family is a representation of you. So when you come into a work and you have a responsibility, people will look at that. And that will be a testimony. Okay, hold on. His children don't celebrate Christmas. They, they don't seem like they, you know, that give them the faith that motivate them. So you can't be teaching and then your, your, you know, your son, your wife, they're eating pork. They're eating crab, shrimp, and lobster. You having a Bible study over your house and people come over and, you know, it smell like pork up in there. It smell like chitlins up in there. How? How, how so? Read that one more time, brother. Verse five. Verse 5, for if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Now, this is not just for a man in his house. This is why we're dealing with Israel. You must rule your own house first. Before you can rule the world, you got to get Israel together. How can you go out and teach Gentiles when your house is filthy? See, and our, and our people, this I don't know, you know, Satan have done a good job implementing this ignorance in our community that we can't speak on evil that other black people are doing. Like, you shh, shh, don't talk about that. Talking about black men, you know, molesting people? What, no. We don't want to make ourselves look bad. Oh, now all of a sudden you don't want to make ourselves look bad. But when hip-hop uh, um, making a band and these uh, shows come on, you're running to them. But now all of a sudden you care about how, you know, how we're being viewed. Exactly, brothers and sisters. Men must learn how to rule their own home before they aspire for a position. And if you cannot do that, then you, you have more time. You, it's not the time. The Most High is going to make sure you get your house together first before he allow you to direct his people. And that's the same thing for Israel. It's twofold. We must get Israel in order first. We must deal with our own home first. And it's saying uh, what you just spoke on. It's saying the same thing in verse six. It's saying not a novice that's being lifted up with pride. That's talking about if you're new to it, not being a new person. Because when you first come into the truth, you get prideful. You you know who you are. Read that scripture, brother, if you don't mind. Verse six, not a novice that's being lifted up with pride. He fall into the condemnation of the devil. Saying you you come into the truth, you know who you are. You start trying to teach and go off on your own. You get filled up with that pride, and that's how you get caught up, you know, by the snares of the devil. Yes, brother. Yes, and you know, the, something with the children of Israel, predominantly the 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 Negro tribes, the Judeans, Benjamin, Judah, and Levi. For some reason, our men are attention whores. Mm -hmm. They need the spotlight. Even when you look at the sports, we just, something about us, I think it's because our men feel like they've been overlooked for so long that they start doing stuff to stand out. And, you know, that's a problem because as long as you stand out to the most high God, that's all that matters. 
But it says not a novice, less, less being lifted up with pride. Because this is what happens. Men learn a few precepts and then they run to try to tell other people what to do. Even their own family. You can't tell your mother anything. You can't tell your cousin <laughs> or your best friend anything when your home is not in order. So, you know, brothers, you know, our people will, may call us coons or call us whatever they want to call us. Because we're pointing out the evil that our own people are doing. But this is what kings do. This is uh, this is what a boxer does. A fighter work on their weaknesses so nobody else exploit them. You don't just go to the game. Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan didn't just show up on at the game. They practice. They practice on their weaknesses. And that's what we're doing. We're pointing out the weak spots in our community in which Satan can squeeze in, slither in. And we're going to strengthen that place of weakness. Read verse 5 one more time, brother, before we move on. Verse 5. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Right. So you must get your house in order first. When a man mismanages his own household, it leads to thugs and harlots running loose in our communities. Why? Because a man is not worried about his house. He worried about going to the club. He worried about hanging with his boys on the corner. He's worried about... Uh, Talking to women and stuff online, making people think that he's a player. He, he, he's worried about all this other stuff, but his home is suffering. That points that when you see that, brothers and sisters, you understand that a man, he just want attention. He don't want to be a man. He don't want to do what it takes while nobody's looking. Because see, when you're working on your family, there's no attention there. <laughs> there's no camera there. So they're like, nah, I want to go to where the camera is. So, brothers and sisters, you need to examine this. When a brother don't have his own situation intact, but yet he want to tell other people what to do, understand that he's not following the Most High or the doctrine of the Bible. We're going to go to Ecclesiastes 12 and 13, brothers and sisters. Old Testament, follow us. Ecclesiastes 12 and 13, right after uh, Proverbs. Ecclesiastes 12 and 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Brothers and sisters, the whole duty of a man is to keep his commandments, to fear God, which means keeping his commandments. See, so this is the duty of a man. So a man whose main focus is pleasing a woman, understand he's going to look to please every woman that shows him attention, sisters. You need a man that can uphold truth. And his, his duty is not to please a woman and to, to do everything that you want him to do. Now, I know that's hard for a woman to grasp, but not if she's a woman of God. If she's a woman of God, she understand that she'll be pleased by pleasing her creator. So your job as a man is to make sure your wife or your woman and your children have a relationship with God and then they'll be pleased. Not for you to do things through your power to try to please a woman, but there's a lot of our brother. Who they only they don't worry about their own house. Their main focus is pleasing a woman. There's men out there whose only motivation in life is the opposite sex. And that's a weak minded man. That's an immature, weak minded, easily distracted man. And he can't lead. Because the only thing you gotta do is throw some tail in front of him and he, he, he he'll collapse. He'll throw his whole family away. He'll throw away, you know, his whole family to see some butt. Read that again, brother. Verse 13, please. Let us hear the 
the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Brothers need to understand this. Sisters need to understand this too. A man who just want to please women, he's a playboy. So he, you're not the only one he's looking to please. I can, you, I can assure you that. There's some men who they get pleasure in just pleasing women physically. That's what they love to do. They feel like more of a man like that. Because they're not feeling like a man because they're not leading anybody. So they want to go conquer a woman. That make them feel like a man. And that's a weak, immature man. Your duty is not to please a woman, brother. Your duty is to follow the law, statutes, and commandments. And that will please a woman. That will please her. Because why? If you're following the Most High God, you're going to treat her and your family like the Bible command you to do. And that's what she wants. We're going to move forward. We're going to Proverbs 31, verse 3. Proverbs, brothers and sisters, chapter 31. We're going to read verse 3, Brother Corey. Proverbs 31, verse 3. Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroy kings. Right. So what is it saying? It says, give not thy strength to women. So, brothers, I need you to examine this because to be inspired or motivated by a woman is to give your strength, your duty and honor to the lust of your loins. Why? Because a woman can't motivate you to be a good man. A woman can't motivate you to follow the laws of God, brothers and sisters. See? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroys kings. Right. It says destroy kings. Why? Because kings or great men, especially in positions of authority or leadership, must take extra precautions to be vigilant against this dangerous threat. Read that one more time, brother. Give not thy strength unto women. Nor thy ways to that which destroys kings. Right. See, because a lot of sisters, a lot of men, you know, they may believe that a woman is looks so good in their eyes that they uh, they don't have courage to disagree at all. And now that is not the woman for you, brother. Why? Because you're walking on eggshells around her. You can't even be yourself. <laughs> That's not the woman for you, brother. See? And sisters, examine this because a man who cannot stand up to you cannot stand up for you. And we're talking about righteously. When there's something that he knows is wrong and contradicts the Bible, if he compromises it because you're going to use intercourse against them, because we know sisters have done that. Well, you, you, you sleeping on the couch, which is a sin. You're not supposed to use that as a, a tool of, um, you know, of manipulation. But it does happen. And see a brother... Who's scared that if he implement the truth that his wife may, because his wife may, he believe that or his woman may have options. And we know that women always have options. There is not going to be a time where women don't have options. Because why? Men, <laughs> men are disgusting. They have wicked imaginations. So women can, can do, you know, they have power. They have much more power in that fashion than a man. So men, sometimes their courage has been taken. Because they like, you know, this woman, she can get any dude that she wants. So, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to rock the boat. And sisters, you need to examine that. Because a man who cannot stand up to you, he cannot stand up for you. Now, we're not saying disrespect you. If you don't follow, a, you know, if you don't listen to a woman who's educated in a matter that you're not, then you're a fool anyway. So, but what we're talking about is when you know right from wrong. Because sometimes 
especially after a sister had been hurt previously in a previous relationship, she choose men that she can steamroll and easily manipulate, right? So you got to watch out for that, brothers and sisters. Some men want to please a woman so much they lose their courage to do what's right, brothers and sisters. We're going to prove that. First, Ezra's. Chapter 4, verse 26. We're going to the apographer, brothers and sisters. We're still dealing with the men. We're still dealing with the men. First Ezra's 4 and 26. Yeah, many there be that have run out of their wits for women and become servants for their sakes. Read that again, Brother Corey. Yeah, many there be that have run out of their wits for women and become servants for their sakes. Right. So men in authority, kings, brothers and sisters, princes. They must be stricter and stronger at resisting women than other men. Why? Because they have great value, especially a king. Because why? A king, he, he have lavish living. He have money. He have power. He have influence. See? So when you have influence, whether it's as an actual king or president or a coach or, you know, a leader within your church or within amongst your friends. Read that again, brother, please. Verse 26. Yeah, many there be that have run out of their wits for women and become servants for their sakes. Many men have been, you know, have many men have gone against the most high for women, brothers and sisters. It says have run out of their wits. So trying to please a woman have driven them literally crazy because it's not your job to please a woman. That's not your job. We already read your duty is to keep, you know, follow the most high God and keep his commandments because you can't please a woman. You can't. The most high God gave them a nose. They redid their nose. You know, some sisters, not all, not most even, but he gave them a buttocks and they'll enhance that. He gave them a chest. They'll go enhance that. He gave them a beautiful face and they'll remake their face. So it's only one thing that can please a woman, and that's having a relationship with God. So that's your job to make sure your woman, your wife, have a relationship with God. See, that's how you please her. Not by giving her everything that she wants. Same thing with your children. That's not what's best for your children by doing, giving them anything they want. Can you read verse 26 again, brother, please? Verse 26. Yeah, many there be that have run out of their wits for women. And become servants for their sakes. Many also have perished, have erred, and sinned for women. See, so many men have been destroyed by evil women affecting their decisions. See, and that's how you know if a woman is a good woman for a particular man. Is is she helping his decision making? Because a good woman help you make the right decision, brothers. See, and your your friends and family they understand that. So when they're looking at you and they see that. <laughs> Your decision making have gotten worse with this woman than they understand something isn't right here. Something is not right here. We need brothers to understand that sisters too. Sisters, your value is helping your man make the right decision. A man's success depends on one great woman as his wife majority of the time. When you have a good woman, she will elevate you, brother, not bring you down. A good woman elevates a man, protects a man, and watches his back. You must understand that, brothers and sisters, because why? You, if you've ever played chess, brothers and sisters, you, I, need, I need you guys to look at the game of chess, brothers and sisters. 
Because the most important piece on the board is the king. But the most powerful piece is actually the queen. The queen do whatever she want on the board. She's literally, literally the most powerful piece on the board. Even though the king is most, you know, most important. You need to examine that, brothers and sisters. Women are supposed to, your wife, a woman that you're interested in that God has chosen for you, is supposed to help you make better decisions, not worse. Go to First Corinth, uh, excuse me, First Timothy, chapter two, verse fourteen, brother Corey, please. Follow us, brothers and sisters. New Testament, First Timothy two and fourteen. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Read that again, brother. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Now we didn't bring this up. I want to be clear. We didn't bring this up to say you can't trust women and, you you know, Eve's fault. Because I heard Israelites out there say, you know, everything, we wouldn't be in this case if it wasn't for Eve. And, you know, a lot of these Israelite camps, have, they don't respect women. They treat women like a possession. And I want to be clear, that's, this is not one of those churches. Women have power. And anybody who can't see that is an imbecile. Women have power. So we didn't go here to say that, you know, women don't have power. Read it again, brother, please. Verse 14, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. Right. Now, why did we go here? We went here to say that sisters are trusting, very trusting, therefore easily deceived. They're delicate. We're not saying they're weak. The Bible says, honor them as the weaker vessel. The more delicate something is, the more value it holds, brothers and sisters. Think about it. Think about a china tea set. It's very delicate. But if the value is very high, so we're not saying they don't have value and they don't have power. We're saying they're very delicate. So you must protect them. You must protect them, brothers and sisters. So you can't give in to everything that she wants. Because why? She's easily she's more easily deceived because she's very trusting. So you your responsibility as the man is not to conform to everything she wants, but to lead her like Christ would lead the church. See? That's what your responsibility is. I, I challenge you to check out that game of chess, brothers and sisters, because just because you're the most important doesn't make you the most powerful. So you must give the woman the plan, the blueprint, and then run it together. You must be on the same page, brothers and sisters. That's what your position is as a man. Your position is not just to, to lay down in the bed. A lot of brothers, they think that's their only responsibility is to lay down in the bed. What kind of man? Listen, if that's your only uh, your only purpose, then expect her to find another man that does the same thing. Because that's your only purpose. That's your only purpose. You had no value to your family or to a woman other than intercourse. That's a problem, brothers and sisters. And the men have to step up. We're going to Ecclesiasticus 26 and 10. We're going to get to the sisters. We just need to deal with the men first. We have to deal with the men first, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiastes 26 and 10. If thy daughter be shameless, keep her in straightly, lest she abuse herself through overmuch liberty. To show you that women need structure. So they need men who are aware of the dangers that may be unseen to her. See? So you are supposed to see the danger and the snare, even when she don't. 
That's what your responsibility is, to protect her blind side, not to allow her to destroy herself. Because that sometimes sisters get confused. Like they'll, a brother may cheat on them and then they'll go sleep with everybody in the town to, to, to get back at them. When really they're destroying themselves. To show you that a sister, a woman, needs a strong, self-motivated protector with a plan. A woman needs a man who can give them instruction and direction. Why? Because they naturally want to be led. So men have to get this through their thick skulls. Your job is not to please every woman that you see. Your, your job is the woman that you love to make sure that she's protected spiritually and that she has a relationship with the Most High God. Because the only a relationship with the Most High God is going to please her. There's nothing that you can do that's going to please a woman. You have to make sure she has a relationship with God. That's what's going to please her, not you. She's going to get over your cuteness eventually. She's going to get over that. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 10. If thy daughter be shameless, keep her in straightly, lest she abuse herself through overmuch liberty. That's crystal clear, brothers and sisters. We needed to point this out because Satan is looking to destroy us. Man and woman. And that, in turn, has an effect on the next generation. So men have to step up and start being men. And our sisters, we'll get into that too. We're going to go to Isaiah 3 and 12. We're going to the Tanakh, brothers and sisters. Isaiah chapter 3, we're going to read verse 12. Isaiah 3, verse 12. As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. Look at that. Women rule over them. Now this, see, that feminist movement, <laughs> that only affects the black people, the black uh, the black tribes. Because I, 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 I never hear white women saying, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm independent white woman. I never hear that. That game <laughs> that Beyonce have, you know, independent woman, she's not independent. Her husband's a billionaire. But our people ate it right up. I, 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 I can't even imagine seeing a Mexican woman <laughs> saying, I'm independent. I don't need a man. That only worked on the Judeans. Benjamin, Judah, and Levi. The Bible tell you that women would use the children to oppress the men. And then they would rule over the man. Read verse 12, brother. As for my people, children are their oppressors. And women rule over them. Oh, my people, they which lead thee, cause thee to err. And destroy the way of thy path. So what is this saying? This is saying that men must become leaders. A man who cannot lead perpetuates the curse to the next generation. Now you must give ear to that woman. You must respect her perception. But in the end, you must make the final decision. In the end, a man with no backbone cannot be a good protector. If you can't, if you can't stand up to the woman you're with righteously, then you definitely can't protect her from the enemy because you can't even stand up to her. Read it again, brother, please. Verse 12. As for my people, children are their oppressors and women rule over them. Examine this part. O my people, they which lead thee cause thee to err and destroy the way of thy path. So forcing a woman into a leadership role ends in devastation, brothers and sisters. Women don't want to be in a leadership role. They want to be led. Now, of course, our sisters are so strong that if there is no men there, then they'll do both jobs. But it's not conducive. It's not ideal. It's not ideal. Men have to step up and take their courage back 
and righteously instruct their families, instruct their children, instruct their women, and stop allowing women to rule over the men because now the men are weak. They've been coddled. They've been pacified. The sisters are now the go-getters and the men, when they get with a woman, it's like another mother. This sister's like, I, I'm, I feel like I'm raising him. <laughs> men must step up and become men again. We're going to go to Ecclesiasticus 19 and 18, brothers and sisters. We're going back to the Apocrypha. I know we're doing a lot of jumping, but we had to highlight the dysfunctional, the dysfunction emanating out of our communities and what we can do about it. Ecclesiasticus 19, verse 18. The fear of the Lord is the first step to be accepted of him. Sisters must raise the bar. The fear of the Lord should be the first step to be accepted by her. And wisdom obtaineth his love. Read that again, brother. And wisdom obtaineth his love. See? So brothers and sisters, sisters must raise the bar. The first step to be accepted by you need to be, does this man fear the most high God? Read verse 18 again, brother. The fear of the Lord is the first step to being accepted of him. And wisdom obtaineth his love. So we need sisters to raise the bar. Because why? If they raise the bar, the men will meet it. Men, most of everything that they're doing is catered to trying to impress a woman. Now, if you impress, if, if women start being impressed with, by having a relationship with the Most High God, following his law, statutes, and commandments, then what? Then... The men will meet that. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 18. The fear of the Lord is the first step to being accepted of him. And wisdom obtaineth his love. The knowledge of the commandments of the Lord is the doctrine of life. See? So, sisters, you need a man who's going <laughs> to... He's, he's going to follow the, the, the law, statutes, and commandments. Why? Because that's the doctrine of life. A man or being with a, you know the wrong man or the wrong woman... It doesn't give you life. It drains the life out of you. So you must make sure, sisters, with when you're choosing a man that you raise the bar and that this man, even if he don't have all the knowledge, he must be at least willing to learn and make some changes and to treat you and respect you as the Bible command him to. Read that again, brother. Verse 19. The knowledge of the commandments of the Lord is the doctrine of life. And they that do things that please him shall receive the fruit of the tree of immortality. See, so sisters, having a man of God in your life will lead you to the right place. You'll be elevated with him. If you get with a, uh, you know, you get with a man that have nothing but evil on him, guess what? You're going to become evil. A lot of sisters were good, you know, good, wholesome young girls until they met a man who destroyed them, changed everything about them, changed their attitude, their outlook on the world. These used to be you know, these used to be good women that have now been scorned. And there's nothing like a scorned woman. There's nothing more evil than a scorned woman. So sisters must raise the bar. Read verse 18 one more time, brother. Verse 18. The fear of the Lord is the first step to being accepted of him. Right. And I say change that to her. Of him to be accepted, you must fear the Lord. Sisters. Implement that. Make sure in the beginning, because guess what? In the beginning is when he's listening. After you lay down, listen, understand that this man, he have an agenda. Men listen, they listen real good before the bed. Afterwards, you know, afterwards, you got to say it 25 times. So foundation is this. You let him know, sister, 
Listen, I need to be with a man of God, a man that's going to have a relationship with God and lead me to have a relationship with God. And if you can't meet that, step aside. Because why? You don't need to be a man. The wrong man can destroy your life and utterly destroy the trajectory of your life. Brothers, sisters can do the same thing. You have a wicked woman in your life that turn <laughs> that that could destroy you, turn you into something that you're really not. So, brothers, we must raise the standard too. It must not be because she have a big derriere or because she, you know, she have the color skin or the eyes that you want. There must be more than that. There must be more than that. Just because you you look a certain way, that's actually the last thing that we're supposed to look at. Is this woman, is she going to submit to the Most High? Is she going to allow me to be the man and lead? Because it doesn't matter how good she look if she's not going to allow that. Brother Corey, did you want to add something to that? Ooh. Nah, you pretty much covered all of it. You hit it right on the head about the um, raising the standard of who we choose to have in our life. Because that plays an important role on if you going to stay on the right track or not, depending on your partner. Because, um, like you were saying in, in the earlier scriptures, a woman's supposed to be your helpmate. She's supposed to help you and make it easier for you to follow the commandments. And if that's not happening, then it might not be the right one for you. And that's crystal clear, brothers and sisters. That's crystal clear. Now, we're not trying to give out, you know, we're not relationship Dr. Phil or anything. <laughs> but when it comes to... The dysfunction in our communities, it, it starts there. It starts with the love between the Israelite men and the Israelite women. So this is where we must this is where we must make a change. So now we've dealt with the men. What happens next? We need to call all of the Israelite women to the front of the congregation. We got to we gotta discuss some things. Because you have part in what's going on in our communities also. You're one of the uh, the most powerful parts. So we need to First, deal with the men. Then deal with the women. And that will have an effect on the children. Getting our house in order. We're dealing with Israel today. We know all about what the white man have done. We know that. What have we done? What have we done to add to the dysfunction? Go to Proverbs chapter 7, verse 1, Brother Corey. <clears throat> We're dealing with the sisters now. Proverbs chapter 7, verse 1 through 12. Proverbs 7, verse 1. My son... Keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live. And my law is the apple of thine eye. Bind them, to, bind them upon thy fingers and write them upon the table of thine heart. This is the standard. Say unto wisdom, thou art my sister. And call understanding thy kinswoman. That they may keep thee from the strange woman. From the stranger with flattereth with their words. Right. Brothers and sisters, this strange woman that the scripture is talking about. Have become a normality through what? Through reality TV show. This strange woman that the Bible is speaking of is now being promoted and glorified. Where sisters feel like, listen, I need to do, I need to get my chest pushed to my chin because they're the ones getting all the attention. The loud ones, the ones with the tightest, most revealing clothes on. These are the ones getting all the attention. I must compete. This is what sisters think. I must compete. Read that scripture one more time, brother. Verse 5. That they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger with flatter with her words. Right, because there's women out there who will tell you everything you want to hear. <laughs> See? Everything that you want to hear. 
So wisdom will protect you from the strange type of woman. See? So brothers and sisters, we need to examine this. We need to examine this. We're dealing with the sisters now. Brothers, we need to have wisdom because there's a certain demographic of women who are very smooth and will tell you and any other man anything you want to hear to get what she wants. Uh, read the next scripture, brother. Verse 6. For at the window of my house, I looked through my casement. So I looked outside. And beheld among the simple ones. And, and, saw, and I saw simple ones, he said. I seen simpletons. I looked outside, and I don't see a righteous, constructive community. I see simpletons. I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding. See? So <laughs> our young men have no understanding. He looked at the youth and saw we were without understanding. The young men are void of understanding. Verse 8, passing through the street near her corner, he went the way to her house in the twilight in the evening in the black and dark night. And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot and subtle of heart. What is this saying? The Bible is telling you what she has on is an indication of what she is, brothers and sisters. Sisters need to understand this because if your attire is going to attract a certain type of man. And you got to understand that it's not the most high who's sending you the wrong mate. It's you who keep choosing the wrong mate. And brothers, if you get a sister who's dressing like a harlot, why do you think once she get with you, she's going to stay in the house now? And she don't want attention when that's all. She, that's where you met her at. You met her at the bar. You met her at the club. And now you think you're going to turn her into a housewife? Read that again, brother Corey, please. Number 10, uh, verse 10, verse 10. And behold. There met him a woman with the attire of an harlot and subtle of heart. She is loud and stubborn. This have become a normality. This is accepted as normal in our communities, brothers and sisters. Her feet abide not in her house. Read that scripture again, brother. She is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. See? So we're, in, we're, we're destroying ourselves inwardly because there's no standard, brothers and sisters. This is tough. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. She is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. This is what's being promoted. Loud women who are stubborn. They, they got a term out there, the HBIC. And I'm like, what type of what type of abomination is this? Where sisters are saying they're the head B in charge. What is this? She's loud, stubborn, and it says her feet abide not in her house. What does this mean? This means she's always looking to go somewhere outside of her house. <laughs> She's always looking to be seen somewhere. And you can see these sisters because why? A lot of them have bright orange hair or, you know, pink wigs. They want attention. They want to be seen. She like with this shape, you know, with this dress, I need to be seen. I can't keep this in the house. I need to go all over. I need everybody to appreciate my, my, my derriere. This is what's going on, brothers and sisters. And sisters, I know... You, you know people like this. You know other sisters like this. These people must be weeded out. These people must be corrected, brothers. These are not people that you want to have children with. Because why? It's going to perpetuate what the, the curse is on our generation. So when you're dealing with a loud, stubborn woman, usually she you already knew that about her. But she was interested in getting something from her. Read that again, brother. Verse 11. She is loud and stubborn. Her feet abide not in her house. See, so brothers need to understand this. They need to understand this. 
there's sisters out there who they they're showing it on these reality shows, the Cardi B's and these people who who are loud and not elegant at all, stubborn. It's it's quite disgusting. We men like their women to be elegant, soft, considerate, meek. This is what they like. They like elegance. They don't want nobody all loud and strong because why? There's only one pair of pants in the house. It's only one lion in the jungle. A man don't want to be with another man. And a sister don't want to be with another sister. So men have to be men and, and stop carrying around purses. You and your wife got a purse on now, huh? You spending more time in, in the mirror than she is. Men have to be men and sisters must be sisters. And this is what we're working on today. Sisters, come to the front of the congregation. We're going to Ecclesiasticus 25 and 16. Ecclesiasticus 25 verse 16. I had rather dwell with a lion and a dragon than to keep house with a wicked woman. Read that again, brother. I had rather dwell with a lion and a dragon than to keep house with a wicked woman. And sisters need to understand this. When the man is running elsewhere, a lot of times it's based on something that you're doing and your attitude towards him, emasculating him, not giving him a responsibility. There's no standard. He can really just do whatever he want to do. So a lot of times when you're dealing with that spirit of anger, that chases a man off. Read that again, brother. I had rather dwell with a lion and a dragon than to keep house with a wicked woman. See, and now our sisters are being programmed to celebrate this wickedness. Like we said, with the, you know, the HBIC and all this other mess. This is the type of woman, these wicked women are now being celebrated. Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 17. The wickedness of a woman changeth her face. Read that again. The wickedness. The wickedness of a woman changes her face and darkens her countenance like sackcloth. These are the faces, those those stares and cold looks that that our sisters be given uh, sometimes. Verse 18. Her husband shall sit among his neighbors and when he heareth it shall sigh bitterly. See, so the man is ashamed of who his wife is. She's loud. She's stubborn. She's ghetto. She's a busybody. This is what this was going on. And the husband is like, this is embarrassing. Because why, sisters, you're supposed to be a representation of the man. Don't no man want to go out <laughs> with his wife and his wife throwing drinks at other sisters and cussing and throwing shoes. Like, that is not, that's why he don't take you out. You got to understand that. Sisters, you are a representation of this man. And if this man don't want to show you off, there must be a reason for it. Read that again, brother. Verse 18. Her husband shall sit among his neighbors, and when he hear it, shall sigh bitterly. All wickedness is but little to the wickedness of a woman. Read that again, brother. All wickedness is but little to the wickedness of a woman. That means if a woman want to be wicked, there's nobody who can outdo her. That's what this is saying. A man couldn't outdo the wickedness of a woman because the woman have more power than the man. She have more power than the man. So if she want to be wicked, <laughs> you better get out the way. You better move out the way, brother, because you got you you dealing with a spawned woman. You you couldn't even imagine what she could do. Read it again, brother, please. Verse nineteen: All wickedness is but little to the wickedness of a woman, 
Let the portion of a sinner fall upon her. See, it says let the portion of a sinner fall upon her, which means a wicked man is going to get a wicked woman. <laughs> Usually. A wicked man, the most high going to bring you a wicked woman. And the problem is, these are the women that are being celebrated on these reality TV shows. And this is what the most high hate, brothers and sisters. He hate these, these women that's being promoted on these television programs. Read the next scripture, brother, please. Verse 20. As the climbing up a sandy way is to the feet of the age, so is a wife full of words to a quiet man. Read that one more time, brother. As the climbing up a sandy way is to the feet of the age, so is a wife full of words to a quiet man. See? So a lot of times, the sisters are ruling the relationship and ruling the man. And really, you know, women are very sharp with their tongue. That's why a lot of homosexuals, they try to mimic how women talk. Where a woman is just cutting a man, telling him how weak he is, telling him how he, he he's not a good provider, and this, that, and the third. And you sisters have done it. Not most sisters, but there's a lot of sisters who are out there who have no respect for their man, no reverence for their man, and they do this in front of people. They do this in front of people. You can tell a man that have no courage by how his wife is talking to him, brothers and sisters. This is what it's talking about. You can tell. Man don't even have enough energy to go back and forth. <laughs> to have a conversation. See? Read the next scripture, brother. Verse 21. <clears throat> Stumble not at the beauty of a woman. Read that again, brother. Stumble not at the beauty of a woman. Don't search for women based strictly on the outside. And desire her not for pleasure. Why? Because there's some sisters that say, listen, let me only invest and care about the physical appearance. See? All the work on the outside is to cover the inside, brothers and sisters. The inside is what you're going to have to live with. Because why? Cuteness wears off. Cuteness wears off, brothers. And what you're going to be left with is what you knew was already there. Because sometimes we get in a relationship and we start overlooking things because we really want to be with the person. But you already know down the road that thing that you're overlooking is going to be a problem. But you don't want to think about that right now. The Bible is telling you, that, telling you that. Read that scripture again, brother. Verse 21. Stumble not at the beauty of a woman and desire her not for pleasure. See, don't stumble at her beauty. You're supposed to go through, is she a woman of God? Is she teachable? Is she modestly dressed? Can she be led? Will she allow me to lead? Then the cherry on top is, and you know, I'm attracted to her physically too. See? So immature, young, weak-minded, youthful men Choose women based on the size of their waist or the tone of their skin or the sound of their voice. Read, read, read the next scripture, brother. Verse 22. A woman, if she maintain her husband, is full of anger. Right. So eventually a woman is going to get over your cuteness. You don't bring anything else but cuteness to this. You're going you're gonna to get an enemy. <laughs> that's what you're going to get. A woman need a provider. And that's not just economically. Read that one more time, brother. A woman, if she maintain her husband, is full of anger, impudency, and much reproach. A wicked woman abateth the courage, maketh a heavy countenance and a wounded heart. A woman that will not comfort, comfort her husband in distress maketh weak hands and feeble knees. Right. So there's sisters out there who take the courage of their men. And, and, and that's, that's a problem. They don't support their men. They put more pressure on their men. And a good woman, like Brother Corey said, is a helpmate. She's supposed to help you. 
make better decisions, not to put the spirit of heaviness on you. Read that again, brother. Verse 23, a wicked woman abated the courage, maketh a heavy countenance and a wounded heart. A woman that will not comfort her husband in distress maketh weak hands and feeble knees. See, you ain't good for nothing. You can't get no job. Every other man, the white man got a job. <laughs> See, I might, I might as well just be with a white man because he got money. See, this is how you take the courage of your man. You emasculate him. You make him feel weak. Assist, sisters, a man wants to feel needed. Even when there's things that you sh you don't have to ask him for, you should ask his input on it anyway. That make him feel good. He likes she values my opinion. Even though you really didn't need, you knew what his answer was going to be anyway, but just the fact that you allowed him to have an input. Sisters, brothers, this is what you're, this is what a woman is supposed to do. Comfort you. Tell you it's going to be okay. Tell you we're going to make it work. Even though you don't have a job right now, brother, we're going to get this. We're going to work together. Well, I'm going to dial back my spending. I'm going to pick up a job if I need to. We're going to work together. Not a sister who is going to demean and demoralize her man. And some men will stay with it because they're so attracted physically to a woman. When I'm telling you, I don't care how good you think somebody is. <laughs> Having a nasty attitude and no spiritual connection with the Most High God make you ugly. No matter how good you think a woman looks, there's a man somewhere that's probably tired of laying in the same bed with her. So you need to realize that. At some point, the looks is not going to be enough. And any sister who think because she looks good, she can treat her man any type of way, that's not a good woman, sisters. Because there's a plethora of sisters out there who know, you know, that they can, they can talk to their man however they want to because they can easily just go get somebody else. To the left, to the left. Matter of fact, He'll be here in a minute. This is this is what's being promoted to our sisters. To the left, to the left. I'll have another you in a minute. Matter of fact, he'll be here in a minute. See, and that takes the courage of a man. That takes the courage of a man. And any sister who's willing to pull that card, we need to examine that, brothers. We're not accepting anything less than virtue from our sisters from now on. Nothing less same way for the brothers and for the sisters. We're not accepting anything else but leadership from the men and virtue from our sisters. Go to Ezekiel 9 and 4, brother, because this is the standard that must be implemented in our community. This is the standard. Ezekiel chapter 9, verse 4. Ezekiel 9, verse 4. And the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. See, so the real men, the chosen, they sigh and cry for the evil that's emanating out of our community. They want to, they want to make a change and they change with themselves. See, so he gave us a commandment to establish a standard. Because why? There's so much evil going on in our community and we look right past it. There's an onslaught of, of, of molestation and sexual assault, rape that's going on in our communities. And there's nowhere for children to come to than to live with that and to be confused. So we need to implement places where there's some level of protection for our community, for our children and for our people. 
Now, if you if somebody have because this is running rampant all through our, our community, if somebody have assaulted you or molested your child, what should you do? First thing you should do is use the law on the books. That's the first thing you should do. Then after that, we must have a place where you can come to some men and, and, and explain what happened and some men and they're all white can go to this brother or to this wherever this place is and have a conversation to let this man know that this will not be tolerated. So you got one more time to slip up, brother. And you're going to have 10 brothers in all white waiting outside your door. And you're going to need to come out and have a conversation. You're going to need to come outside and have a conversation. Because why? There must be fear of ramifications. There's no fear of ramifications. Why? Because we, we don't tell on each other. We, you know, we, we, when evil is being done by another black person, we don't say nothing about it. Until a white man come do it, then you want to march. Then you want to come with Black Lives Matter. But where was that at? When your aunties and your your uncles was molesting the children that you, you trusted them to watch. So we must implement a standard, ladies and gentlemen. And the men must implement this standard. Read it, uh, that one more time, brother, please. Verse 4. Verse 4. <clears throat> and the Lord said unto him, Go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations. That be done in the midst thereof. See, so those who are aware of the the evil emanating out of our community, those are the ones that have the mark of the Most High God. They sigh and they cry for all the abominations that we see. We don't just walk past it and act as if this is normal. This is not normal to princes and princesses. This is not normal to kings and queens. This is not normal for the children of Israel. This is not a normality. And we shouldn't look at it as such. God gave us a commandment to establish a standard. Go to Lamentations, brother. Chapter 4, verse 5. We're going to Lamentations 4 and 5, brothers and sisters. One second. Lamentations 4, verse 5. They did feed delicately, or, des or they that did feed delicately are desolate in the streets. They that were brought up in scarlet embraced dunghills. It says, they that feed delicately are now des desolate in the streets. So at one point we were great, but now we're desolate in the streets, brothers and sisters. Can you read that again, brother? Verse 5. They that did feed delicately are desolate in the streets. They that were brought up in scarlet embraced dunghills. What's scarlet? Scarlet is a symbol of royalty. So once we were royal, but now... We embrace dung hills. We embrace filthiness. We were superior. And there was, when we were superior, there was a standard implemented. But now, now we embrace the dysfunction. Therefore, Gentiles are able to capitalize economically. We, we allow drug dealers to sell drugs right in our community. We, we do that, which turns our people into drug addicts, which, which, which leads to drug activity. Which leads to harlotry. You get young girls strung out on these drugs. Now we're dealing with prostitution. See? Now we embrace dung hills. Now we embrace dysfunction. Now we embrace drug dealers. You wouldn't take that drug dealing to a white person's neighborhood. Why? Because you know they would call the police on your behind the first day they saw you move up in there. When they start seeing too much action coming up through that house. 
See, they protect their community. The Asians could protect their community. We don't. We know the brother is selling drugs. You probably buying drugs from the brother too. He's selling crack to your mama. He's selling crack to your baby. And, and brother say, well, that ain't my business. We, you know, we got to get it how we live. And now that's why your daughter strung out selling her body on her drugs because you wasn't worried about nobody outside of your home. Now it's affecting your home. There's nothing that another brother that can do that's not going to affect me. Everything that we do affects each other. Brothers and sisters, can you read that again, Brother Corey? Verse 5. They that did feed delicately are desolate in the streets. They that were brought up in scarlet embraced dunghills. See? So first, we must recognize the exploitation and then point it out according to the law. Just like we said, the molestation, the sexual assault, the drug dealers, the gangs, all the things that we just walk past and allow to, to you know, to, to run loose in our communities, men have to step up and speak on it. They must implement standards. They must implement some type of structure. And the only way to do that is to begin with the Bible, brothers and sisters. Did you want to say something on that, Brother Corey? Oh, man. <clears throat> That's, this topic right here is the major key to us getting out of our situation in the, in the poverty that we're in today. Embracing downhills, embracing the filthiness like you were talking about. Nothing can come from bad but bad. So we have to put an end to it. Nothing can come from sin but sin. So we got to put a stop to that as well. That's pretty much all I wanted to touch on. Brothers and sisters, we were brought up in scarlet. We were royalty, but now we embrace dunghills. Mm -hmm. We embrace filthiness. There's time to make a change because why? All Israel is not of Israel. So those Israelites who are not willing to make a change, we're going to sever you out to be destroyed. The Most High is going to sever you out to be destroyed. There's an implement, I mean, there's a standard that's going to be implemented from here on out. We're going to Daniel 7 and 27. We're almost done here, brothers and sisters. Daniel 7 and 27. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey him. See, this is what you receive if you change Israel. And because of this glorious reward, all of us are not going to make it. See, you got to remember, the Pharisees and Sadducees were actually Israelites. Do you think they're going to make it? They were responsible for killing Christ. So we need to show that there's a, there's, a, there's a great reward. And because of that, you can only receive this reward if you change, if you perfect yourself, if you change who you are, if you clean your house first, Israel. Read that again, Brother Corey. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom of under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. Shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. The children of Israel. Whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey him. See, our kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, which means forever. Now, you don't deserve a kingdom forever if these are the things that you are going to allow to run rampant in your community. The drug dealing, the homosexuality, the prostitution, the sexual assault, the rape culture. If these things are running loose in your community, you can't represent the Most High God. And that's what we want to put out there. All Israel is not of Israel. 
It's time for Israel to get their house in order. We're going to Isaiah 11 and 12 to show you the future for Israel. If they make these particular changes, we know that all Israel is not going to make these changes. But those who are, this is what we look forward to. Isaiah 11 and 12. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcast of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. That's right. So brothers and sisters, when Christ returns to this earth, he's going to restore Israel to the position of leadership that he created them for. Read that again, brother. Verse 12. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcast of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Right. Go to Isaiah 14 and 1, brother. Just a few chapters over. Isaiah 14 and 1. For the Lord will have mercy on Jacob and will yet choose Israel and set them in their own land. And the stranger shall be joined with them and they shall cleanse they shall cleave to the house of Jacob. Gentiles will cleave to Jacob. Verse 2. And the people shall take them and bring them to their place. And the house of Israel shall possess them in the land of the Lord. For the servants and handmaids. And they shall take them captives. Whose captives they were. And they shall rule over their oppressors. Look at this great reward, brothers and sisters. We will have the nations as servants, as handmaids, righteously. See? The way we're serving them right now. Now, how are we serving them? What calendar are you using, brothers and sisters? Julian calendar, Gregorian calendar? Who is that? Okay. What verse of people is that? Open, open your wallet. Who's on that money? Slave masses is on that money. So don't tell me we're not serving them, brothers and sisters. You are serving them. You're celebrating their holidays. You're using their calendar. You're spending their money. Read that again, brother. Verse 2. And the people shall take them and bring them to their place. And the house of Israel shall possess them in the land of the Lord for servants and handmaids. And they shall take them captives, who captives they were, and they shall rule over their oppressors. Right. See, so brothers and sisters, those who put us in captivity will go into captivity, a righteous form of servitude, because you're not going to be whipping and beating people in the kingdom of heaven. That, that's not heaven. So it's going to be a righteous servitude where they're going to be willing, because why? Either that or die. If you want to be in the kingdom, you have to follow the rules the same way we follow the rules. But why are we bringing this up? Because if we have all of this evil and dysfunction emanating out of our community, do you deserve Gentiles as servants and handmaids? Do you deserve to take captives? No, you don't. And you will not if you don't first get your house in order. Israel, getting our house in order. A humble, obedient people will then fulfill the leadership role God intended for us. See, only an obedient and humble, meek people will be able to receive this particular prize or reward. How do we know that? Isaiah 60 and 12, and then we'll, we'll end it at Zephaniah. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 12. These are those who have to look forward to the reward. Isaiah 60, verse 12. For the nation and kingdom that will not serve thee shall perish. Yet those nations shall be utterly wasted. See, look at this, brothers and sisters. Do you think that we, we're going to be able to sin and then receive this? Doesn't make any sense. You don't deserve for anybody to serve you if you are a sinner. Read that again, brother. For the nation and kingdom that will not serve thee shall perish. 
Yeah, those nations shall be utterly wasted. Now, who is worthy of being served? Who? We're going to show you the only people that this scripture is going to be applied to is those who fit the fit the the, the build of Zephaniah 3 and 13. We're going to go there first. Zephaniah 3 and 13 to show you that only these people will receive the reward of rulership. Zephaniah 3 and 13. The remnant of Israel shall not do iniquity. Read that again. The remnant of Israel shall not do iniquity. See, the remnant of Israel, not all of Israel, the remnant. There's going to be some that the Most High is going to preserve. Read that again, brother. The remnant of Israel shall not do iniquity, nor speak lies. Neither shall a deceitful tongue be found in their mouth. For they shall feed and lie down, and none shall make them afraid. See, so those of us, the remnant, who will receive this reward will be blameless before the Most High. We shall not do iniquity. We shall not do sin or speak lies or deal with deceit. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 13. The remnant of Israel shall not do iniquity nor speak lies. Neither shall a deceitful tongue be found in their mouth. For they shall feed and lie down and none shall make them afraid. See? So the remnant of Israel who no longer sins and practices the law, statutes, and commandments of the Most High God... It says we shall feed. That means we shall be nourished and lie down. No one shall make us afraid. That means nobody will be able to come against us. Nobody will be able to come against us the way that they have done. Nobody can make us afraid. For the remnant of Israel who deals with righteousness and no more iniquity, no more lies, no more sin shall be nourished and protected and also served by the Gentiles, brothers and sisters. So today's lesson was... Getting our house in order. Today we called Israel to the front because we needed to highlight the sin that's running rampant in our community that a lot of us don't even recognize. We know about everything the Gentiles have done, but what have we done to add to the confusion in the, the circumstances, the state of our people, brothers and sisters? This was... Getting our house in order. We want to say, Kwam Yasharala. Kwam Yasharala. Sin no more. Sin no more.